Amen. Thank you all once again for being here this morning with us on this day, this Mother's Day. It's a shame that we uh, have to take one day out of the year to celebrate our mothers. Uh, I made a funny this morning, and it was said again, and I'll say it one more time, but I'll, I'll explain what I mean. You know, none of us would be here without you mothers. Obviously, that is how we are all here, through the womb of our mother. But even us fathers, you know, it's you who make us fathers. Uh, we, we cannot do it without you. Nor would I want to do it without my wife. As I watch her be a mother to my son, uh, it brings me joy. I know it brings her joy, and, and we'll, we'll get into the message. We're going to talk about that. That is one of the things of motherhood is that it is a joyful thing, even in the midst of sometimes great sorrow. It's still a joy. The Word of God calls children a blessing, even in the, those times, right? But nevertheless, a blessing. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Proverbs, if you're not already there, Proverbs 31. I want to speak this morning on the call to motherhood. Now, I will preference this. Contrary to popular belief, I'm not a mother, nor am I able to be a mother, nor am I going to tell you how to be a mother. I'm a father, right? But I can, under the power of the Holy Ghost, tell you what the Bible says about motherhood, right? So that's what we're going to do. These are not, this is not Pastor Scott telling you how I think you should run your house, how I think you should uh, discipline your kids. Any of that, God is doing a work in your household, and mothers, He is doing it through you. Fathers, we'll get to us next month. It is a union, it is both, but today is about motherhood. So mark your calendars, God willing. Next month for Father's Day, we'll have a message titled, The Call to Fatherhood. But today is motherhood. Stand. This morning, Proverbs chapter 31, we're going to read verses 27 through 29 again, and we're going to pray. <clears throat> Proverbs 31, verse 37, reads like this, She looks well to the ways of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Lord, we come to you once again, O God, not out of habit, Lord, or out of tradition, but we ask, Lord, that you go before us, Lord, in this message, Lord, as the one giving the message, I ask that they hear a better word than what I have prepared for them today. Let this be a new and a fresh word, O oh God. Let your anointing be upon this place today as we hear from you, Lord, on this blessed topic of motherhood. Lord, I ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you for standing. 
Proverbs 31. The Proverbs 31 woman. The perfect wife. The ideal wife. The ideal mother. We've heard plenty of things on Proverbs 31. Uh, The pulpit commentary uh, states this about Proverbs 31. We have not many words from women's lips in the inspired record, and we may therefore esteem the more highly those that we do possess. How many knew that Proverbs 31 was from the words of a woman? This is a mother speaking to her son, instructing her son, a king, Lamel, and Look at verse thirty, uh, verse one with me, and it starts off. Says the words of the male, the words of King Lamel, the oracle which his mother taught him. This is the king writing down the instruction of a mother. What he, how he was to conduct his life, how he was to uh, treat others how he was to be in council and out of council, how he was to be in private as well as in public, who he was supposed to look for when he looked for a wife. In the end of verse uh, of chapter 31, well, kind of the middle to the end, verses 10 through 31 is the depiction of a worthy woman. Or a godly woman. Proverbs 31 has to be the best depiction of what a woman is to be in the words of the Bible. The words of a godly woman about a godly woman. With that being said, this proverb challenges even the best woman in what it describes someone To be, we would even dare to call this person perfect, ideal. While we would look to, or we would like to think that we're perfect, both men and women, if we were able to be honest, our spouses would probably tell a different story, right? I believe I'm perfect, but I am, as we've started to coin the phrase the last couple weeks, I am imperfectly perfect perfect, right? I have been perfected. I am, I am justified and I'm being sanctified and I will be glorified in my spirit, but this flesh is far from perfect, right? So in, an, in a sense, that's Paul talking about that struggle. The inner man, the inner woman, the spirit is groaning with words that can't even be uttered because oh, it's in this flesh, And this perfect spirit of God is wrapped in imperfect flesh. And Paul says that there's coming a day when we will shed the corruptible and put on incorruptible. And we will finally be whole. We will finally be perfected. But that's not in this life, folks. So for us men, for some of us who haven't found a wife yet, For some of us who have and are about to be bound, for us who have been in this a while, your wife is the perfect wife for you. 
How do you know that? The Word of God teaches us that God has placed us together. We are in union one with another. And however imperfect we both are, we are perfect together. Let us strive to be that. Do we do that perfectly? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we strive to perfection. This isn't just a personal walk. It is a personal walk. It is a personal salvation. It is a personal spiritual life. But as the unit of marriage, we must strive to perfect that as well. So let's be clear. Proverbs 31 gives us a glimpse into the ideal state of a biblical woman, the ideal state of the home, the ideal state of a parent-child relationship, the ideal state of motherhood. As in, if there was no sin in the world, if there was no sin in me, then it would be easy to be perfect, Brother Chad. But I get in my way, right? So what Pastor isn't saying is that we need to do this perfectly. We strive to perfection as we talk into this. We place a lot of pressure on our spouse, men and women alike, when we hold them against the state of perfection. I want you to be this Proverbs 31 woman and you're lacking so now we have an issue. That's not how we, are to, how we are to go about life. We are to be gracious, both receiving grace and giving in grace and helping each other to strive towards perfection. Right? So men, we're not left out of this message. Don't, don't just throw yourself in the neutral and say this is, this is a call to motherhood and I'll be next month because I'm speaking to both of us this morning, both the father and the mother. And as us husbands and fathers, we need to remember that our spouse is your Proverbs 31 woman. You say, well, how can you say that? She's the only one you're ever going to have. God willing. God willing. She's the one you have right now. She's the one you're in union with. Right? Right? She is your Proverbs 31 wife. She's your Proverbs 31 mother to your children. And she needs help this morning. She needs help. She can't do it by herself, nor was she designed to do it by herself. So let's look at the call to, to motherhood. I wish I could reference every Scripture that I'm going to reference this morning. I wish I could read every Scripture, but we would be here till 2 o'clock reading Scripture. Although that's not a bad thing, we had a pretty heavy breakfast. <laughs> so I'm going to try, try and be as brief as possible. But pay attention and listen, because I incorporated into what I'm going to say the, the thought of the Scriptures, Okay. Maybe not word for word, but definitely thought for thought because the Bible has a lot to say. God has a lot to say about mothers. Contrary to the current worldview 
Contrary to the popular belief of even history as a whole, God has always cared deeply and held women at a high place. Even when we read in the Scriptures, do you know how rare it is? We just said that Proverbs 31 was the words of a woman. Do you know how rare it is to have in record the words of a woman? It just it, it wasn't commonplace. It didn't happen. Men spoke. But here we have God preserving the teachings of a mother to a son. That's pretty outstanding. That's pretty important. Don't think that you are a lesser class because in the eyes of God, you are important. So important that He looked at Adam, the first man, and He created women because He needed a helpmate. In other words, Adam was incomplete. Oh yes, He made man and He said that He was good and He was, but He was incomplete. Just as we are incomplete without God in our life, God has given us marriage and He has made us parents to show us and to help us in this life. It is said in the Bible that marriage is a grace in this life. Just as salvation is a grace in the next life, Marriage is given to humans as a grace. In other words, it didn't have to be like that, but that's the way God ordained it. Amen? So there is a call to motherhood. This isn't an addition to God's plan. This has been God's plan all along. To have both man and woman, to have both husband and wife, to have both father and mother, that's the ideal state. God's love and advocacy for women shines throughout the Bible as women are given dignity, respect, attention, and responsibility in stark contrast to the cultural norms at the time and even the cultural norms of today in some aspects. Motherhood is spoken of throughout Scripture as a high and important calling. Literally, you are the only ones that can do it. And again, we're speaking to the ideal state. It's impossible for me to stand up here and speak to every circumstance of every person's house. I understand there are single mothers for different reasons. I understand there are single fathers for different reasons. And God gives grace for all of them. But the ideal state is a man and a woman in union together, raising children in the ways that they should go, teaching them biblical statutes and, and commandments and helping them. Motherhood is spoken of as a high and important calling. God uses the metaphor of mothers even to describe the ways He loves and cares for His children. He doesn't call Himself a mother, but he says, like a mother loves her child. Will a mother, this is, this is a for instance, can a mother forget her nursing child? Well, neither can the Lord forget His children. That's, that's a, a, a metaphor that God uses to describe the immense love that He has 
for humanity. Christ standing over Jerusalem, God incarnate here on earth, standing looking over His chosen people who have rejected and are rejecting and will reject. And He's crying. And He says, how I would have longed to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. But you would not. God loves us. And He he uses the, the state of motherhood to show that love. Fathers, we love our kids. But who do your kids run to when they get hurt? Mama. Oh, if daddy's there, he'll do. But only mama can make the boo-boo better. Right? Only mama, mama can put that band-aid on and it's like it's got magic in it. You know, where us fathers, we tend to say dust it off, walk it off. A little blood will do good for you. You know, we'll, we'll be next month. Different, different differences there. Where I feel sometimes he needs stern discipline, my child, my wife comes along and says he just needs a hug, right? He just needs to be held. And where he may actually need stern discipline, grace, grace and love. But it's the same thing in the spirit. Don't we deserve stern discipline? Well, we've. We've, we've sinned against our Holy Father yet again, even after salvation. Here I am in this thing. I knew I should have done better, but I didn't. And instead of getting that smack, it's grace. He says, just, just come back, son. Just, just tell me you're sorry. Just let the conviction wash over you. I'll gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. See, Christ wasn't saying, since you've rejected me, I'll reject you. Whenever you looked over Jerusalem. That's not the Word of God at all. Matter of fact, the first ones to be centered into the church, 3,000 souls, all Jewish, the day of Pentecost. Every single one of them. He, did, he hasn't rejected anyone. All can be saved. It's like a mother. It doesn't matter what that baby does to you. Oh, you get aggravated. Oh, you get mad. You want to do like some of the cartoons and just see if you can't pop their head like a little pimple sometimes. But you love them. Right? A mother is a special kind of love. Do you know how the Bible depicts motherly love? It's the same word for agape love. It's a love in action. Mothers love their children in the things that they do, in the way that they sacrifice. The same way that God loves us. God loved us so much that He put that love into action. It wasn't enough to say, I love you. he done that all through the Old Testament. I'm going to make a covenant with you. You're my chosen people. I have, cho- I have raped you. I have chose you from all the nations of the world. Right? I love you. I love you. I love you. Even though you've fallen from me, I'm still going to come after you. I, even though you don't want me, I'm going to, in Zechariah, I'm going to write, or Jeremiah, I'm sorry, I'm going to write the, my law on your heart. So I'm going to give you a new heart of flesh. Right? But then in the New Testament, love becomes action where Christ hangs on a tree and He dies for us. 
But even that, just like a mother, dying would have been enough. But he does something else. He lives for us. He dies for us and he's risen again, the first fruits of the resurrection, so that we don't even have to taste of death. We live forever. It's love in action. So there is a great call to motherhood this morning. According to the Bible, motherhood is ordained by God in Psalm 139. It's a calling in Proverbs 31 and 28 as we read. It's worthy of honor in Ephesians 6, 1-3. It's a blessing in Psalms 127. It's full of hope in Proverbs 22 and 6. And in the Proverbs 23 and 25, it's full of joy. It's full of joy. In God's plan, He never looks at mothers in a lesser light to fathers. In fact, He claims that in your role as mother, you fulfill what fathers cannot do. I cannot love my son. I'm not saying I don't love Richard Paul. We love differently. I would die for my son. We love differently. I cannot love him like his mother loves him. Again, there's grace. There's grace. You are exactly the vessel God intended to use in your family you have been created for. Our children are not by mistake. Children are not by mistake. What does the Bible say? That we as children were fitly created, joined together, knitted in the womb of our mother. Instances like me and Tab where we could not have natural children still created for us. Richard Paul, in some sense, has always been my child. There come a point in time when he was placed into my hands and after a horrible weekend of waiting, we, well, we couldn't even go home. We were stuck in Texas. We'd become Texans for three months. But he was mine. From the moment I seen him, I knew that's mine. He's mine. Purpose. God's sovereignty and God's provision and God's providence has placed each family together. And we have a call for that. So what are the characteristics? We've, we've said that you know father, fathers and mothers love differently. So what, what is some of the characteristics of a godly mother? Well, the first one is that she loves someone more than her family. I'm going to say that again because I know it's like, ooh, what in the world? She loves someone more than her family. As much as you love your families, I'm speaking to mothers now, as much as you love your families, there's one love that surpasses them all. This is what the Bible says. One love that anchors your feet, gives you strength and grace needed to selfishly serve others. Selflessly. Not selfishly, selfishly. Y'all know what I mean. A godly mom loves the Lord with all of her heart, her soul, 
her mind, and her strength. She depends on God's love and power rather than her own because she knows that without God, she is nothing. She puts time in God's Word and in prayer first, allowing the Bible to inform her words and actions throughout the day. She intentionally disciples her kids rather than farming that out to uh, that privilege out to school and church. Not to say that public school is anything wrong with public school. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying in the home, she intentionally instructs her children. It's not just what they learn in school. It's not just what Sunday school can provide for them. And on good days and bad, she pursues the Lord. She leads her children by example. The next characteristic is she humbly asks for forgiveness and extends grace. And in parentheses, I put even to herself. Every mom gets frustrated. Every mom loses her cool when her child tells her at 9.59 p.m. that he or she needs poster board for a school project the next day. But rather than allowing mishaps and mistakes to lead her down the path of insecurity or comparison, a faithful mom has the God-given gift of humility. You grit your teeth and you go buy the poster board. And you stay up all night long and you put a school project together. And you tell that child the next morning, you better get a good grade. Right? Because we love our kids and, and, and a mother does that. A mother does that. Humility gets her, helps her apologize to her children, to her spouse when she gets it wrong and, it, and even extends herself a grace as well. Guilt, perfectionism, anxiety, all common struggles that, listen, rob her of joy and distract her from what God has asked her to do that day. Life is real. We are not in an ideal state. That's what I'm trying to say. Being a Proverbs 31 woman to your spouse, to your community, to your children, to your church, is almost an impossible task some days. But a godly woman strives nevertheless and extends grace where grace is needed and asks for grace where grace is needed. Next, she doesn't ride her children's emotions. It was even hard to write this one because it's hard to not ride the emotions of others. Right? The roller coaster that is our life. But a godly woman strives, a godly mother strives to not let the emotions of the day rule the day. Someone has to be the anchor. Someone has to be the level head. Someone has to be the, the beacon in the, you know, in the storm to guide our children back. And unfortunately, a lot of the times it ends up being you, mothers. It's difficult. Every age and stage comes with its own unique ups and downs. One minute your toddler is enjoying the day at the park. The next he's melting down because you won't let him eat the gum that's on the bottom 
of the slide. At 10 a.m., your daughter has, uh, says you're the best mom ever, and by dinner, you're the worst because you won't let her go to the party that all the other moms are letting, me go, letting them go. Emotions. Up and down, up and down. I love you, I hate you. And when you hear your kids say that, it oh, cuts you to the quick. But a godly mother knows that that child doesn't really hate me. May hate what I just said. May really dislike the fact that we're not going to do the thing that they want to do. But let something go wrong. Let them fall. Let them scrape their knee. And that same person that they just said five minutes ago, I hate you. That's the one they're running to. Because they know who loves them. It's the mother's. Because a godly mom is steadfast in her faith and firmly rooted in God's word, she stays off of her child's emotional roller coaster. Don't get on the ride with them. Be the one that's like, you know, are you buckled up? I know you're about to go on this ride. Are you safe? <laughs> you know? Her foundation of faith keeps her stable and strong regardless of her child's highs or lows. She disciplines her kids out of love, not anger. That's a hard one for fathers as well. Her identity is rooted not in her child's opinion, but in who Christ says she is. So she can set boundaries and make parenting decisions based on sub buddy, based on scripture rather than on what's popular or convenient. This next one is she builds others up and and really that that is the characteristic of a godly mother is that your mother builds you up. A godly mom knows her words have the power to tear down or build up her family and those around her. So she does her best to honor the Lord with her conversations, avoiding gossip, assumes the best about others. And there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all approach to parenting or discipline. Each kid is different. We, we've learned the last couple uh, months that Richard Paul would rather get a beating than, than stick his arm out for a minute, right? He, he, would, he would gladly bring you the belt and take his lick than to write a letter to his teacher and telling him how sorry he is for not paying attention. And, and you learn how to effectively discipline your kids. Sparing the rod isn't always about a belt. Discipline is important. She builds others up. She views her role not only as a steward of her children's life, but also as an opportunity to live out the gospel in her community, in her church, in her relationships, to build up not only her home, but the ones that she is around. And the last characteristic is she doesn't do any of this alone. 
None of this is done alone. Community with other believers, it's not always easy, but it is essential for Christ followers. None of us get to be a lone ranger. None of us get to be like this super soldier who never has to talk to anybody. We are a corporate body, many parts representing the body of Christ. And as mothers, you need to be able to talk to other godly mothers. Because only moms understand moms. You say, what What do you mean? Tab can sit down and tell me about her 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 motherly woes. You know, Richard Paul doesn't listen to me. Richard Paul doesn't do that. And what is my go-to thing? Well, yeah, because you tell him a hundred times a day to stop it and you never do anything about it. He knows he's got a hundred times and that hundred and one time you're really going to do it, right? That's not what she wants to hear. That's how I tend to my son, right? That may be what she needs to hear, but that's not what she wants to hear. She needs to be surrounded by other godly mothers who she can get to. That's why these small groups, we break out into small groups and and the women commune with each other and fellowship with one another. The men fellowship with one another. Open Bible in hand. And y'all can sit around and you can say, my son doesn't listen to me. And about three other y'all go, I don't understand either. Y'all understand each other. Don't do it alone. She makes authenticity and confession with other believers a regular part of life. Confess one to another. Faithful moms know they need friends, but they need friends who speak the truth, who correct, who pray for, and of course encourage each other. You put all of this together and in its ideal state, you get what we read. She looks well. Not talking about her beauty. or the way she looks. My wife has looked the, the, the prettiest to me um, in times when she thought she looked the worst. Like when she stayed up all night long taking care of my son who's been sick and she looks like she just needs a nap but in my eyes you get what verse 28 says says the husband also he praises her saying many daughters have done nobly but you excel them all does that mean you've done it perfectly no but in my eyes You've done well. She looks well. She looks well to the ways of her house. She doesn't eat the bread of idleness. You don't stop. That's not idol worship. We're talking about a godly woman. That's, that's not idol worship. That's idleness, idle hands. You, you don't just sit around all day long. You, you do things. And that's a mother, right? You, you don't ever have... A minute to yourself. It's those funny videos, but it's true. You just, you know, you just want to shut the door sometimes. But even when you do, those little fingers are are under the door. Just mama, 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 
Mama and on the other side of the door, mom was pulling her hair out. She just give me a second. You know? I remember as a kid doing that. If I couldn't see you in my presence, it's like the world ended. I just needed you there. I just needed to see you. Stand this morning. While we while you do this imperfectly at times, remember that you're walking in a high calling. The high calling of motherhood. The high calling of motherhood that God has called you to. Strive to walk worthy in the calling. That's that's your job. Your job isn't to do it perfectly, your job is to strive. To do what God has called you to do. That, that's all He asks. And the beautiful thing is He comes alongside of you and strengthens you in your weakness. Fathers, come alongside your wives here presently. Hold her up. Pray for her daily. Praise her like Psalm, or Proverbs 31 says to do. Look on her with the best of intentions. Know that she holds the highest place in your heart just short of Christ Himself. Christ, the head of your life, your wife, your kids, your church, your community. When asked about her, herald her. Y'all could have had the worst fight of your life the night before, but at work when someone says, how's Tab? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sing praises about her. She's a wonderful mother. There's going to be food when I get home. Find something good to say, even though y'all, mm, y'all at odds. The world doesn't have to know it. There is a such a thing as a private life. It's almost impossible nowadays, but there is a such a thing as a private life. I don't need to know that you and your wife almost had a fist fight last night. I need to know that you're praying for her. I need to know that even though you don't like her right now, you love her. Right? You can get an amen from the women, but remember, we're next month. Herald her as the helpmate she is. Remember that she is the one in whom Christ has placed you with as a grace here on earth. Amen? These altars are open this morning. If somebody needs special prayer, we'd be more than happy to pray for you. Lord, we thank You for our mothers. We thank You, O God, for the women in whom You have placed in our lives. Lord, even though I have one mother, Lord, I have many who pour into me almost daily. Lord, for the calling that You've placed on these women. Lord, to be keepers of their household, O oh God. To be godly women, Lord, in the marketplace. To be godly women, Lord, even in the businesses. Lord, in the community, in this church, Lord, I, I pray that You help them, Lord, to be like this Proverbs 31 woman. Lord, to answer their 
their plea, Lord, the desire of their heart to be godly, to be holy. Lord, and as we know, we do this imperfectly. This spiritual walk. Help us, O God, to keep eyes on You and You alone, for it is through You and Your Spirit, Lord, that any of this is is possible. We thank You for the work that You're doing. We praise You, God, and give You glory and honor 